Well, hey, man. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm ready to do a show. Are you ready to do a show? Let's do it. Let's do a show. So, hello, everybody. Hi, and welcome back to Noob Talk Radio. I'm your host, Joshua Osborne, and with me here is Teague Anderson. And Teague, how are you? I'm good, thanks. And yourself? I'm okay. I'm not too bad. Yeah. Well, I had a nice, a really nice weekend in the country. It was one of those, like, man, it's, it's, it's almost rough because it's like, you, you know, you leave on... My girlfriend has, like, exhausted... I think we've both sort of exhausted our vacation days. Mm-hmm. You know I, mean? I don't have a set schedule, right? But it's like... Right, but yeah, you can't take too many. Taking a fair amount, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, taking, taking my share, and so we have to... We're now limited to, like, we have to leave at, like, you know, four or five on a Friday. So we get one full day. Right, okay. Before we come back, it was like short and sweet, mm-hmm. uh, but we managed to do a lot of shit in that time. Like, oh, uh, checked out a prospective wedding venue. The Hollywood is amazing as always. Um, we'll, we'll go for a drink there if uh, you ever come to my country place. You should cool. get your passport, man. Yeah. I would love to have you. Uh, we we could we could do a special fireside chat. Huh? We could do a fireside in the country. Fireside chat, literal fireside edition. No, you can't record outside, <laughs> man. Well, I have a fireplace inside too. There you okay, go. maybe an indoor <laughs> one, but recording outside is a fucking nightmare, man. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the country. You think? Oh, I'm actually no, wondering. It's pretty quiet. We're really in the woods. Uh, when you start recording, you'll start hearing bugs and fucking everything else. Mm. Um, that would be really funny if, like, through an entire segment of us talking, you just hear, like... Or fucking um, crickets, you know? Like, yeah. you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even realize there were crickets True. until you're, you know, editing. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, I can't use any of this. <laughs> but there's motivation to get your passport. Mm. I'd, I'd love to have you have you down there. It's, yeah, really, yeah. Uh, it's really relaxing. Nice. It, it is incredibly, like, uh, it's just peaceful because it's like really in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. you know yeah most places it's rare to have places that are like actually a kind of mm-hmm. isolated a bit you know yeah yeah uh, anyways um so yeah no it was really fun uh we did some nice uh the 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 land had completely reclaimed the wood pile mm-hmm. <laughs> like just swallowed it in bushes mm-hmm. so we spent like two or three hours just literally pulling bushes out by the by the tail and like clearing this massive area of you know, to just get the wood pile back. Mm. Also, like, three quarters of the wood is all rotten. So For sure. So we had to, like, chuck a bunch of it, you know. Anyways, uh, but no, it was, it, was, it was really fun. Nice, Very, nice. very relaxing. I had my stereotypical lowbrow walk out in the middle of the river, sit down with a plastic chair, have a, a beer and a smoke. Nice. Kind of thing, which I absolutely love. Very nice. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was fun. Uh, showed Louisa the Burke water slides, which is a... Uh, that's a Shattigay, New York. Uh, well, I guess a Burke, New York uh, phenomenon that only locals know about usually. <laughs> yeah, I know. So good, good weekend. Yeah. Uh, and I also, you know, I'm gonna pr- probably gonna play Star Wars Destiny with my brother this coming Saturday. And when I was randomly in a cafe, I believe it was on Friday, this guy walks past me and is just like, "Star Wars Destiny? You play Star Wars Destiny?" I was playing while watching like a okay. uh, doing a walkthrough of a video uh, for work, you know. And he and I was like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah," and he's like, "I have a collection. Would you be interested in buying some cards?" And I was like. I could definitely be interested in buying some cards. So that was just kind of a nice, like... Random encounter? Yeah, and they're because they're really hard to find now because the hmm. game's been defunct for, like, you know, whatever, discontinued for, like, four years. Oh, okay, years, okay. You know? Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, Valet de Coeur in Montreal has, like, an insane collection because basically, basically no other place has them, hmm. right? And they have a surprisingly really good stock. Um, they're often like that, that story. It's a really good story. And, but it's also, like, because they're so deeply unavailable... If anything happens to not be a valid occur, it's not anywhere. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, they'd find it online and just fucking... Well, it's like my only other option is then eBay, and eBay will be like... If for, like, desired cards, will be, like, easily, like, 
20 to 40 dollars for one mm. and you need two to have like a proper like you can't play with just one you hmm. need you need because it's like there's elite versions and normal versions to have the elite version you need with has which has two dice you need to buy it twice you know mm. so it's expensive yeah um, so yeah no it's kind of like so anyways so i mean uh, this guy i just sent him an email today with like a giant list of cards like if you have any of these call me you know hmm. uh, so we'll see nice but uh, yeah no pretty pretty good weekend and um yeah, I mean, uh, I am excited to have a show today. Um, I, there was a few things over the week. I guess, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. I don't want to jump the gun, but, you know, so, Sony State of Play for September 23rd, I want to say it was. Let me just make sure I'm not crazy. September 14th. I was completely insane. Yeah, it happened, I think it happened, like, it was like the day after we recorded. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I'm always, I always get a little excited for Sony State of Plays. Um, because mostly just because they're, I, I find them fun to cover and they're they're quick. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really easy. Like either there's something exciting or there isn't. Yeah. And you yeah. can get on with your life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm still waiting for maybe that sort of like, remember Little um, little Devil Inside? Exactly. Indie train game. That oh, yeah, kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for, like, is that going to come back one day? Like, who knows, you know? Right. Uh, that game appears to be in massive development hell, but uh, yeah, there's always the vague hope that I might see something like that or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, that and some very exciting System Shock remake updates. Uh, and there is no light updates, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But, um,. Yeah, I, I, before we get into the show proper, today's episode is episode 76, and uh, just as a really quick general discussion, there was all this crazy Unity news that's been happening over the past, I want to say, two weeks, and it's sort of, you know, taking this sort of the dev world by storm, if you will. Um, there's a bunch of outrage, there's a bunch of reporting, uh, there's a bunch of, like, sort of, you know, varying levels of Unity responding and or getting death threats in one case. <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's you know, the whole thing's a little crazy. And while it is sort of uh, largely completely above my pay grade, if you will, uh, it's also somewhat, uh, you know, it's very industry-relevant news. So I wanted to just touch on that really briefly. Fair enough. Death um, threats, eh? Yeah, no, I mean, that was... So the the Unity story, I, I sort of divided this into two sides, a tale of two uh, of two stories. Um, the first the first side is all the Unity-related news, and the second side is, like, a bunch of headlines of just devs, like, being upset about uh, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, September 14th, I want to say the original, the original announcement from Unity was somewhere around the 12th. Then September 14th, we see headline on IGN, Unity closes office after receiving death threats over installation fee policy. And then we see uh, September 18th, Unity has apologized for its install fee policy and says it, quote unquote, will be making changes to it. Um, Then we have even later, September 22nd, just four days ago, uh, another headline off IGN, Unity to roll back some key aspects of runtime fee policy. And then in sort of this sort of the the dev uh, outrage circuit, you could say. Um, And of course, lots of other people are covering this. For example, I listened to a couple uh, long deep dives on the Young Ye channel. And I mean, say what you will for Yang Ye, he's whiny sometimes, but the man's a pretty good journalist. Oh, for sure. I gotta be honest, man. No like, doubt. His journalism... That was never That was never up for debate. No, it's just, I guess I was, my interest was perhaps waning because oh, sometimes uh, because of his political angles. I stopped listening to him because, again, I, a lot of it, I was just like, okay, enough is, it, it didn't need, some of the videos didn't need to be 20 minutes, you know, when it yeah. was like, it felt like three minutes was plenty. Yeah. And it just yeah. seemed like it was dragging on. But he was a great journalist. Oh, man. He, he, his journalism is like, it's really pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 I remain consistently impressed. Like every time I check him out, I'm just like, even if I don't agree with all this sort of takes he has sometimes, mm-hmm. and he usually at least divides it into sort of like first half news, second half takes. 
I guess he often gives his opinion as he goes, but still, it's mm. like, it's still clearly, it's some facts, then some opinion, then some facts, then some opinion. But those facts are like, uh, he really brings it all together. Yep. You know? Like, I mean, he basically was, I was able to digest, you know, all these articles in like mm-hmm. 12 minutes of uh, video or something. Yeah, pretty good. Anyways, here's an example of some headlines. Uh, September 13th, the Unity games that could be impacted most by controversial fees from Silksong to Cold of the Lamb. Uh, that's, that's just pointing out uh, a bunch of sort of I guess it's trying to tell people that a lot of games that we all know and love are created in Unity. Like, in case you didn't realize kind of thing. Like, because games that could be affected among us, um, Hollow Knight, Silk Song, I remember Hyperlight Drifter, really successful indie from back in the day, was created on Unity. Uh, there's a lot of, it's not just indie shit. Yeah, Ori and the Blind Forest was created in Unity, and that is like a double-A game. Uh, that's an Xbox exclusive. It's quite good. I've, I've, I eventually came to Switch. That's how I was able to play it, I think. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, it doesn't look at... Like, it's not... It looks more double-A than most indie stuff, I guess. Um, Pokemon Go is, is uh, Unity. You know, that's an extremely well-known title. Uh, it's a big game. Rust is Unity. Rust? Uh, yeah. That yeah. I know. Oh, what a piece of shit that game is. <laughs> well, it's 2013. It's a 10-year-old game. Yeah. So, and yeah. and uh, it came to console, so it was exactly what you'd expect from a 10-year-old PC game on console. Escape from Tarkov is on Unity. Oh. Um, Unreal Engine is on Unity. Okay, this is a little... Confusing. Clearly, this, this list is maybe, you know... Take this with a grain of salt, perhaps, but uh, the point is, there's some know, big games. There's some big games. Yeah, it's not just like extremely niche indie stuff. Like mm-hmm. some relative. Like I mean, Rust is like rel- It's it is kind of an indie game, but it's pretty big, also. Yeah. You know? Like there, there's some big stuff there. So, it, it 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 you know it definitely can it could stand to affect a lot like a relatively large swath of games. It's kind of like anyone who is not you know well off enough, and by, by that I mean like uh, typically working with a publisher to sort of be able to build their own engine, which is just an incredibly difficult thing to do. Right. Kind of has to go with something like something like Unity. Right. You know whether it's that or whether it's I've heard of this thing. It's called like you know Gotob or something. Some other it's engine. Open. You know there's Unreal, obviously, right? So a lot of games that you know we know and love could be affected by this, and it's just that. Article on IGN just gives an example of that. Here's another another headline: Terraria developer slams Unity's "quote unquote" predatory moves, donates more than 200k to other game engines. That was hilarious. Terraria is sort of one of those big dick indie games, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very they were very successful, and uh, it's nice that they have enough clout to be able to sort of be like, "This is not cool." Uh, here's another one: Unity debacle, air quotes, forces dev to cancel Nintendo Switch port of Wipeout style racer. Just a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. A bunch of developers are threatening to sort of like remove their games, to sort of deplatform their games. On Unity, right. uh, translate to other languages. Sorry, other engines rather. Uh, and basically, the actual news itself is, from what I understand, Unity used to have, uh, especially for indie developers, they always had a tiered system right. where it's like you pay more the more successful you are, which makes sense. Uh, and for a long time, I believe the lowest tier was sort of like free to develop on up to 200k. Mm-hmm. So if you make less than 200k in uh, yearly sales, you just don't really have to worry about anything. I did learn through investigating this whole debacle that that only applies if you're developing just on PC and open platforms, hmm. like uh, Linux and shit, you know what I mean? Um, so if you wanted to do one of the closed systems, like PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, then you you always had to get the Pro one, which hmm. is significantly more expensive. It's actually like somewhere in the vicinity of 2000 ish a year. 
so whatever a month, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like a hundred something, hundred eighty or something a month, something like that. I can't, mm-hmm. can't remember. But um, and which is actually kind of you know it's kind of sort of impressively expensive. But still, at least you could get the free version, mm-hmm. develop on PC, be like, do I even like this game? And then if you eventually decide to release on a console, you can be like, okay, well we'll take this hit. But if I think I can make it successful, it could be worth it. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Like, but at least the it was free to install and it was very forgiving if you're under a certain right. you know, pay pay amount. Uh, and then they would charge more for like really successful enterprises. Mm-hmm. And then the sort of the change is they basically announced that suddenly, as of January, I think it was first, twenty twenty four, they're going to roll out this new policy where it's like they're going to charge for runtime fee. Oh, sorry, runtime installs and runtime installation of Unity happens with every single person who ever plays a Unity game. Okay. Like, there's always a runtime package that goes along with it that's installed at the same time that you download the game from whatever store. Okay. Right? So essentially, every download potentially could be charged. Yeah. And then the rates would vary between... It was... So, you know, they also, to try and make people not too alarmed about this, um, they said that it would largely affect only about 10% of the people who develop right. on Right. But it was like 200,000 plus right yeah yeah well the irony is that the 10 percent that are that would be affected i mean that's true in the sense of like okay yes the big people would be affected a lot like the people who sell like millions and millions and millions of copies of on, on unity would be affected a lot but also that 10 percent is almost in a way the only relevant 10 percent because the 10 percent ironically it applies more to whenever you cross this two hundred thousand threshold mm-hmm. you know you'd be charged per runtime installation and it was actually ironically starting with 20 cents for the yeah the lowest the least successful person it was twenty cents per install going all the way up to only like sort of like a penny or a couple pennies for like a highly successful user so the irony was that it was really affecting the lowest tier the most mm-hmm. you know it's like and I get what they were trying to achieve it's like probably the way they were thinking of it was like this make th- that means that it'll be the same paid for everybody mm-hmm. which is just kind of like I mean it makes sense on one on one hand but it's also sort of like okay, why do the people on the lowest rung of the ladder have to pay the most amount of money per install? Mm-hmm. When, you know, why would you want to take the most from that particular bracket? I understand. Right? Because their other policies seem to indicate that they were trying to be very forgiving when you didn't hit certain... Essentially to really incentivize people to develop on Unity, right? Like mm-hmm. The idea was that, like you know, previously at least, we'll give you as much incentive as we can to start developing, and it's like you don't have to worry unless you become successful. No. And if you become successful, well, then you also have money. So it's like, this is sort of like a, it's a good thing either way is, is the way you could see it, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it does feel, at least to me, it felt weird to like tax the lowest tier the most. Because also, once you pass that 200,000, I think it's like that 20 cents could apply to every single one of your installs. Mm. Not just, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't just be like the 200,000 and one and first mm-hmm. installation. It would be potentially yeah. to all of them. Right. Everyone was up in arms because it would mean that for certain develop, like certain small developers, they might suddenly have to fork over like, you know, 100k that they didn't have which mm-hmm. is just sort of like you know all at once and like you know right at this date and it just really it's a bit much i see what they're going for unity it seems to be struggling their stock prices have not been as good lately allegedly uh and you know i don't really understand that stuff but i i get it it's like they're probably feel like you know they're having money issues mm-hmm. and they're like we need to deal with this let's try this way it sounds like <laughs> unity is causing quite a bit of division <laughs> Sounds like it is, T. <laughs> I would agree with you on this point. So, I mean, that's that's the story, mm-hmm. you know. And then, of course, you know, in the latest article from the headline I read on IGN, there, Unity to roll back some key aspects of runtime fee policy, 
Oh, I guess it's worth noting that um, there was a bunch of sort of vaguely dodgy stuff in terms of devs wondering, like, how are they going to track this? Mm -hmm. You know, like, how is it going to be, you know, could, could we need to worry about, like, malicious installs, like someone sort of, like, installation bombing? Mm -hmm. Could we worry about, like, if one guy installs it five times on the same device, well, is that five installs or just one? Because it would probably be one. And there just was a whole lot of not clarity about that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Unity was essentially more or less just being, like, you got to trust us. Mm -hmm. You know, which is sort of, like, I can understand why it would make someone a little uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. And also, it looked like it was going to have to be contested on the side of the devs. So it's like, if, if, if the devs disagreed with any of the number of installs, like, they might have to, they would have the burden of proof to Unity to be like, hey, you charged me for, like, you know, X amount of stuff that wasn't, which they were also a little like, well, what's, uh, I'm going to be wasting all my time in customer service, which I agree, like, the idea sucks, you mm -hmm. know. So then when they rolled back their stuff, a snippet from the IGN article, Unity announced today there will be no runtime fee on games built on Unity Personal, which will remain free. That's the lowest tier, uh, the one not required to make games for PS4 and Switch, mm -hmm. uh, but the one that like all the you know, PC indie folks can use for free until they hit 200,000, right? mm -hmm. which is a very reasonable... I mean, most indie developers who are not successful, or even marginal, or even a bit successful, they never hit 200. Like, 200,000 right. is a lot like for an yeah. indie dev, you know? Um, so, yeah, they announced today there will be no runtime fee on games built on Unity Personal, which will remain free. They will also, they will also be increasing financial threshold of Unity Personal from 100k to 200k. Oh, maybe I got that 200k number wrong, I apologize. And will remove the requirement to use the Made with Unity splash screen. No game with less than 1 million in trailing 12-month revenue will be subject to the fee, Unity's Mark Witten said in a blog post today. Uh, Unity also revealed change for Unity Pro and Enterprise. Those are the ones required for PlayStation 4 right, development. Right, right. Uh, the runtime fee policy will only apply beginning with the next LTS version of Unity shipping in 2024 and beyond. That means that, and they did clarify later, uh, he goes on to say, your games that are currently shipped and projects you are currently working on will not be included unless you choose to upgrade them to this new version of Unity. So anything, that was another huge thing, was that, like Unity was sort of like putting this massive fee that could be a huge financial drain on really small developers. And people were like, you know, very legitimately, we couldn't possibly change engines at this point in time mm -hmm. like if you have anything in the in the pipelines you yeah. cannot just turn around and be like you know it's a start over yeah i mean working in a, in a different engine is a completely different thing like that's not something you can do in the next like three months you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. like so this is a nice acknowledgement that like okay if you had something in development and you want to stick on the current version of unity just do it it's gonna be fine mm -hmm. you know like worry about the next one um for games that are subject to the runtime fee, we are giving you a choice of either a 2.5% revenue share or the calculated amount based on number of new people engaging with your game each month. Both these numbers are self-reported from the data you have already available. You will always be billed the lesser amount. And that's that's another nice thing too, is that like, you know, it clarifies the fact that like, okay, you will declare the amount of things you have, and then if we have an issue with it, we'll reach out to you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Which is just, you know, really nice. Uh, so basically, you know, then there's a bunch of... Uh, you know, the blog post has a bunch of platitudes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. A bunch of, like, gamers first, you know, sort of uh, branding, you know, what have you. Like, uh, we're in it for the games. So that's more or less all I understand from the, uh, from the thing. I, I get from anecdotally that I think people are relatively pleased. Um, like, there's been a bunch of developer responses from, like, the, the, to the changes that they announced. People seem more or less pleased. I think it sounds fine. And to me, the only thing that really sucks now is basically just the lack of perhaps faith in how Unity handled its messaging and, mm -hmm. like, the rollout of this whole thing, which was really just caught everyone by surprise. Yeah, and you're never going to get have everybody pleased. I mean... No, no. No matter what you Neither do. should you strive to. No, I mean, no. It was standing to be a really big deal for indie developers, mm -hmm. and I'm personally just, you know, I'm happy that they... It's amazing that they listened and they made things a lot more palatable. I don't know if it's perfect. Obviously, they need to make money, and they're, like, trying to figure out a way to do it that's going to piss off the least amount of people. Mm -hmm. you know? 
I'm happy that they made something that seems a lot more workable and that most people are fine with. At the same time, could you not have just done that to begin with? <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm really mostly just happy to hear that. Okay, things that are in development will not be yeah, that's good unnecessarily hamstrung. At least people will have an opportunity to change engines if they so feel. Mm -hmm. you know? Another thing I learned from checking this shit out is that like Unreal actually has similar fees. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that different. Right. It's more expensive, but it's not that much more expensive. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be another interesting option for people going forwards. Uh, will some people consider Unreal? Um, will Unreal then, you know, start raising its prices? Because it realizes it has a, you know, it, because it has a... It, it got a whole... Uh, like, if, if it's going to get a massive influx from Unity devs mm -hmm. leaving, it's like, that could be interesting. I don't know. You know? They could drop some prices, too, to fucking uh, attract prices. more people. Yeah, that would be a really fascinating move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's interesting. And it sounds like the new thing they proposed is workable. Yeah. Of course, will they backpedal that? You know, at the sp this, the this drop of a hat, they could. You know, uh, and I think that's part of the problem is that people are wondering, like, you know, but you did this at the drop of a hat. When's the next time gonna happen? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, so I don't know, man. We'll see. Yep. We will leap right into the news. Uh, so number one, back to what I was saying. Way. Unity was causing some division. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Speaking of division, Teague, why don't you read the first headline? Speaking of fucking division, <laughs> Ubisoft me. announces Tom Clancy's Division Three. Now what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, uh, Teague, you have the floor. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm uh, pretty excited. I know a lot of people that were into Division didn't like Division 2 as much. The hardcore Division fans. The hardcores. Yeah. You gotta please like, the hardcores. The, well, they were like, oh, the, no, the first one's still where, where it's at. Personally, because I got into Division 2 first, I enjoy Division 2. Okay. That's how I got, like, that's what I was playing when I fell in love with the series. Right. You know, so I was like, okay, I played a little bit of the first one, not even that much, but um, I didn't have a problem with the second one, and uh, well, who knows what the hell they'll do with the third, but I'm curious. Yeah, I'm no, me try. too. I'm... I bought the DLC for the second one, I would buy more if they put it out, uh, like, I'm fully in. Yeah. It's a fucking cool game. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean... I don't have much to add other than, like, I have the utmost respect for this franchise. Have you played it at all? Or tried no, it? No, no. I, I, I don't think it's for me. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I still, you know, honestly, I mean, if the third game comes out and you were like, I'm going to get it, I would strongly consider trying it. One thing, I feel like you might get absolutely hooked on the numbers game. I might, yeah. Um, I do like numbers. The, 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 the builds and the fucking, like, dude, there's so much to it. And I know that's your fucking cup of tea. I love tweaking right? a build, Like, man. you... Like, and there's <laughs> I'm just, a dirty tweaker. There's so much shit you can do in these games. Um, or, well, at least the second one, anyways. First one, too. But that's the part, I think, that would... That might, like, grab you by the fucking balls and yeah. not let you go. You know? Like, yeah. you'll, you might get suckered in for that alone. The gameplay and stuff, all that shit is awesome. It's not a very easy game. It's got a pretty okay steep curve. Uh, like, the learning curve is... Um, it's not the easiest game. Like, the the first... Okay, so... Division 1. I got it at some point. Like, 10 bucks. I don't know. I got it. I tried it. I was like, this game is fucking impossible. I can't <laughs> even get through the tutorial. Like, I, I don't fucking know. I was playing uh, Red Dead with a bunch of American friends and this we were trying to we were me and one dude were talking about like what else we can play <clears throat> and we were going through our library and I was like oh fuck division he was like absolutely so he's like all right I had it downloaded 
but I hadn't done the tutorial yet, so I couldn't get to the hub to play co-op. That's when I learned about share play. Mm. He's like, oh, yeah, so just pass me the controls. I'm like, what? Like, he's in Baltimore. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, yo, just share the, share the shit, give me the controls. I'll do the tutorial for you. I was like, fucking A. Done. Got that. And then... Uh, and you yeah. get to watch, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get to watch it's him like fucking run through. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, dude, this is... First of all, it was a super cool realization that this was a thing. Um, <laughs> it is cool. But... Um, what a fucking awesome game, man. Just so fucking good. Like, yeah. One of the best games I've ever played. Awesome. Glad to Coolest hear it. ideas, too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, just cover shooter. Looter shooter, but a cover shooter. You yeah. know, like, you absolutely need cover, you know? And uh, it just reminded me a little bit of uh, Time Crisis. Oh, that's a really but interesting. Not story. at all like that. Like it's not like no, that I, at all. It's way more hardcore. But ha, the cr- the cover shooting. Ha, being familiar with both, I actually completely understand what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just a. Way, I've never heard anyone compare it to that. That's it's awesome. a way <laughs> fucking upresed, like so much better than yeah. that. Uh, it's just like but in the way that that thing is satisfying. This mm-hmm. is satisfying too. Yeah, like the idea, just the mm-hmm. idea of like mm-hmm. ducking, you know, to yeah. and from for cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just holding your gun above to shoot. Yeah. but you don't have the accuracy. Yeah. Unless you fucking actually pop and look, like, do it. I'm totally with you, man. Very cool. So, yeah. anyways, Division Three. I'm curious as all hell. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can say for well, I mean, for, for myself, as I have said before, uh, Division, the Division as a franchise remains the most interesting franchise to me that Ubisoft has. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that Star Wars Outlaws maybe will perhaps change your mind about that fact. Uh, when well, it comes it's the same out. people, right? It is the same people. Yeah, same no, it's team as Division? extremely exciting. Yeah, and that's exactly why I was so stoked about that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I'm disappointed that they didn't go the Division route with that game because I was I thought that was a really fascinating opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand why they would not want to, especially if they already had plans to make a Division three. Yeah, no, that, it kind of makes more sense, right? Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, because when I was saying that, also there was no talk of Division three. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's sort of like the other thing about Division is they use real guns. Like, uh, all of the guns in the game are actual guns. Or, um, I could be wrong about that. They're, At least no, most there's, of them. there's definitely some legendaries that are probably fictional. You that, know, makes like, uh, that makes sense. But they're based on real guns anyway. Yeah, right? it's, like so. those duck, it's like those movies that are, like, you know, based on historical events. It's like, sometimes they're really accurate, but there's usually some liberties also. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, oh, there's an MP7, you can get this. And it's For like, sure. they actually do... Well, Tom Clancy's always been like that, right? Yeah. Super true to reality like mm-hmm. or, or whatever did he do i've read his books before actually i kind of like him as a well i've only read like two he's a technical i i read one book that i loved he's a yeah. technical weirdo right like he gets so into the nitty-gritty of whatever he's writing about yeah did he do hunt for the red october i think that's him okay yeah. apparently they had to cut out like fucking hundreds of pages from oh, that book that was just him <laughs> talking about maybe not hundreds but shit tons of pages yeah. that was just talking Super inside baseball submarine shit. That's awesome. Um, That's and they really had to awesome. get rid of fuck tons of it because they were just like, yo, nobody gives a shit. It like, might not have been. Tom, the, this is great, but. It might not have been the book. It might have been for the movie. They just like Maybe. left out this entire fucking shit. They were like, oh, no, no, no. That yeah, would, I think it was the book, though, to honest. It might be. It might be. That um, would make sense. Yeah. Either way, I've heard he's, a, he's, he's really into the reality of certain things yeah you know, like a, yeah. whatever he's writing about he really looks into and he understands it i feel like that's a really nice barometer for quality in a lot of cases yeah you know? for like sure. i mean also you know i heard a lot of stories really anecdotally but i met somebody who is actually a friend of a friend um who recorded all of the female pirate shanties in ac4 
Mm -hmm. And she was telling me a lot about, I mean, obviously that's the only part she worked on, so she was telling me about that. But she was also, from her contact with like the other people working on the game, she was like really impressed by the, just the, the level of like historical detail and accuracy. Oh, well, for. the ACs have been crazy about that, though. Right? Yeah, yeah. But and that's not Clancy. No. Um, but it's just an example of like people that are in the same vein of people trying to make things as accurate as possible. Like her music director, uh, there's this whole thing about like, you know, we absolutely cannot sing anything that did not take place between this exact period and right, this exact right, period. Right. And there's like there was like a really in this small limited aspect of the game, I don't know about the rest, right? No, it wouldn't but surprise me. In this aspect, you know, the dedication to accuracy was like really fascinating. They always do that though. They throw in all kinds of characters from history. So you do a mission for Charles sure. Darwin, you do a fucking thing for in Syndicate, you know, yeah. like uh, you've got you get one of your tools from some fucking inventor. Like there's all kinds of historic people in all of them. And I don't imagine that any of it is anything close to reality. It's just funny and interesting that yeah. like they throw this yeah. real, real shit from that era in here. So like the Syndicate one, they added a DLC, I believe, and it was Jack the Ripper. Right. Right. It's just like, okay, yeah, you know, they're going for that time. Shit, why not? So very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's all just to say that like that level of attention to detail, mm -hmm. no matter what it comes from, comes in, it usually does good things. Yeah, you know, yeah. like even though I don't love Assassin's Creed as a franchise, no. I do love that sort of style of development. That touch. Yeah, the, the touch. Yeah, it's it's a really nice touch, you know. No. And um, yeah, I mean, in terms of this news itself, uh, there isn't much to say. September twenty first. Uh, Ubisoft has confirmed Tom Clancy's Division 3 now in development of Massive Entertainment. There was a blog post on the website. Uh, basically, it's just this character, uh, Julian Julian Greidy. He's a major creative head at Massive. Mm -hmm. uh, and I checked out his credits on Moby Games before coming over. He's worked on all, a shit ton of stuff. Hmm. Um, basically, all the Division games. A bunch of other shit, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he is heading the Star Wars Outlaws. He's also working on uh, the Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which we'll discuss later in the State of Play. Okay. Yeah. Um, which makes sense, because it's that kind of game. I think they do the... Do they do the Far Cries, too? I'm yeah. not... Yeah. They uh, do, right? I don't, I, know think. If, I don't know if it's the Division part, but Ubisoft definitely does. Ubisoft definitely does, but I feel like it might be also Massive that does... It's possible. I should probably just check real quick. I don't think Massive expressly worked on the Far Cry games, but Julian himself has worked on Far Cry 3 2012 and Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon as well. Okay. He also worked on AC4 Black Flag. He was doing uh, IP development before he became... His first job as creative director at Massive is on The Crew 2014. Right, I remember that. And then immediately after, Tom Clancy's The Division. Okay, The uh, Crew I've heard good things about. It wasn't never for me, but... Um, interesting. I, I don't know really anything. I know the name. That's it's a racing game. Yeah. But there's like more to it and like, I don't fucking know. Okay. Uh, one of my buddies I think it was Crew 2 was wild about it. Hmm. Uh, Platinum did, I think. And like fucking, I don't know. was trying to convince me on it, and I was just like, no. Tangentially involved with Zombie U. It says IP development for that. I love that game. Um, <laughs> that's one of the few Ubisoft games I really do like. Uh, Far Cry 3, Trails Evolution, Far Cry Blood Dragon, Splinter Cell Blacklist, AC4 Black Flag. And then, yeah, it really starts with the, the Division stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, so he's also the guy on, on Outlaws at the moment. He's the, the main one of the main creative heads on Outlaws. Uh, again, also the Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. And that's pretty much all that's known. He just said in, in, in the blog post, I mean, you can go read it, check it out if you're, if you're interested. Blog post on Ubisoft's page, uh, just talking about the announcement of the Division 3. There isn't that much there. No. It's really just, we're really excited, we're going to do it. It's happening. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that, at the moment, that's good enough for me. Absolutely. Um, I also thought it was nice that he acknowledged in the post that he will be starting this project as soon as he finishes his work on Outlaws. Okay. Whether or not that's true, who knows, but it's a nice just sort of tip of the hat to like, 
I'll try like, hey, we're, I'm not going to spread myself on like. Right, right. I'm not done. We're not, yeah, we're not doing three games at the same time. Yeah, we're doing Outlaws. When that's finished, the next thing we do is, is uh, Division Three. Right, you know? and I think that's great. Uh, yeah, and that's really all I have to say about it. Fair enough. Yeah, nothing else for me. It, it is mad exciting. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it, that's one of those things where it's like when that comes out, if you are gonna get it, I'm I think I think it. I just will also. If it's yeah. PS4, I still don't think it probably won't be. No, we'll see. Well, just because it's 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 gonna be at least like what two years. Two from now? years, I'd say. Three yeah. years, maybe. So maybe it's PS6. We haven't even seen an, a, a poster. It might be PS6. It's maybe yeah, it might be PS6. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll wait on the PS5. Outlaws <laughs> is supposed to be slated for sometime in 2024, I think. Right. I and then he's starting working on it after that. Probably three to five years. He's like, oh, it's going to be forever, man. <laughs> they're fucking Anyways. huge games, eh? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're yeah. stupid big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you can play for a long fucking time. I believe you, man. I might actually fucking... <laughs> I might restart Destiny uh, Division 2. Sure. I always thought that the way they handled... Like, it was the perfect answer to... De- like, the reason why I didn't like Destiny's PvP is because it's just like... There's no direct integration with the main game. Mm-hmm. And the Dark Zone was a way of integrating the normal gameplay into... Mm-hmm. You know, I know what you mean. What I, was I know craving. exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I... Mad respect. Anyways. Yeah. No, it was a fucking masterpiece. Like, a it was. true stroke of genius, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super cool. Super cool. I mean, uh, apparently, you know, it's, it's funny what you say about... Um, you know, people not being into the second one, the hardcore's not being into the second one as much. I checked it out. The critical reviews are ever so slightly higher on the second one. Mm-hmm. They're not worse. It's like, I think the second one is an 82 on Metacritic. Personally, I think it's better. Fascinating. Yeah. A lot of people, they just... I totally understand that what the game that you fall in love with, the one that really grabs you, holds some nostalgic value. You yeah. know? And like, so that's what made you fall in love with the game. Like, or that's what made you fall in love with the loop. Yeah. That's going to be the best version of it, right? Yeah. Um, to me, it was the second one. I just, I remember the first one had some, like, very spongy enemies. Uh, you know, just, there, there was a bit, uh, there was a couple of, couple of issues. I heard that. And they still did in the second one, too, but it yeah. wasn't as bad to be. And um, commercially, I checked out also, Division 1 sold 20 million copies, and Division 2 sold 10 million copies. Oh, wow. Both numbers incredibly high. No, but, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised too. Yeah, and especially because you know, critically, it wasn't inferior, right? Mm-hmm. You know, according to critics, I don't know. So it's oh, kind of shocking. It is kind of shocking. It yeah. did half as good as the first one. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, not that ten come ten million copies is anything to sneeze at. It's not. No, no, right? no. But it's just like but I'm, me too. I'm surprised. It, the first one yeah. was loved so much. I would just assume that everybody that loved it just would jump on the second one. I know exactly what you mean. Right. To me, yeah. it's weird. We'll see, man. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. So um, the third, maybe we'll get 30. Maybe we'll only get 5 million <laughs> copies sold. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to number two. Yep. Dead Space co-creator Glenn Schofield leaves the Callisto Protocol striking distance studios. I got this news off IGN. Schofield was the founder and CEO of the studio September 20th. Uh, and IGN is getting this directly off of Bloomberg. Uh, Glenn Schofield, who co-created Dead Space and most recently directed the Callisto Protocol, is leaving Striking Distance Studios. In a new report published by Bloomberg and independently confirmed by IGN, Schofield is departing the Crafton-owned studio. A Crafton representative told both IGN and Bloomberg that Schofield voluntarily departed the company, stating he has, uh, quote-unquote, decided to pursue new opportunities. Bloomberg's report also notes that Stacey Harada, Striking Distance's COO, and Johnny Sue, the CFO, are also departing the company. Okay, so something's up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no kidding. <laughs> Creating Striking Distance Studios, this is a, a quote directly from Glenn. 
Creating Striking Distance Studios has been an incredible journey, and I'm so proud of what we've achieved with the Callisto Protocol, a game that was close to my heart. Schofield said in a statement regarding his departure. While pursuing a new adventure is exciting, leaving SDS is bittersweet, but I know the studio is in excellent hands. Striking Distance was founded over three years ago by Schof Schofield, IGN notes. Studio is a subsidiary of Crafton, the parent company that owns the rights for the widely popular battle royale game Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. PUBG. PUBG. The studio was initially formed to create a narrative-driven game set in the PUBG universe, later revealed as Callisto Protocol, a third-person survival horror game released last December. Yeah, I never understood how that was in the same universe. Nobody does, and they actually removed it at a certain point in time. Good. Yeah, it was initially supposed to be, and then there was that whole thing where they were like, he was just like, actually, now, just now. That's just and nobody ridiculous. knows why. The whole like, thing was really weird. No, but I mean, like, why? Like, one of unless uh, unless there's a bunch of PUBG I'm unfamiliar with, <laughs> I just was under the impression it was just like guys running around with machine guns in like, you know, yeah, on the ground. Everybody's thinking realistic what you're guns. Every no aliens, no yeah. fucking laser guns. Like, it's it like, just, does PUBG even have lore? Air quotes. <laughs> I didn't think so. I, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't think so. But uh, IGN also notes, following the release of the studio's debut game, it was met with mixed reviews and played with several problems, from performance issues to reports of studio crunch and issues with crediting people who contributed to the development. Roughly a month after release, it was reported the game failed to meet Crafton's sales ex expectations. Yeah, so I just did a really quick uh, Google search on Wikipedia, a list of most expensive games to develop, and the total cost Callisto Protocol took to make. Apparently, Callisto Protocol cost $162 million to develop. Because, again... While the game did mixed, and I would say overall relatively well, critically, it clearly did not sell very much, right? I believe it sold somewhere in the vicinity of 2 million copies when the, uh, Striking Distance stated themselves that they were expecting, like, they were considered 5 million to be a success, um, which I don't think was insane. But they were about, you know, 80 bucks a game, right? They were 95. Okay, so almost 100 bucks a game. Yeah. That's 2 million? Yeah, a lot and of that goes away with... They spent 160. Wait, let me find it. 162 million. Okay, so yeah. You know, to put this in perspective, let me find a similar example. Horizon Forbidden West, 2022, uh, 212 million to develop, and we can see how much of a more polished, high-level game that is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you can imagine if Sony spent 212 million on Horizon Forbidden West 2, and this really small studio, that was a comparatively speaking, that was a that sequel. That was a sequel to a, sequel. a fucking exclusive. Yeah, to a really well-received and well-sold. A I masterpiece. Think. A masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then this was 162, not that far off for a much smaller studio for a game that has. Yes, it's an important creator. But, but it has way less overall cachet. Yeah, right? no, like no, for a new IP. Well, it's a brand new fucking IP. It's the it, it the only pull that it has is it's from the guy who brought you yeah. Dead Space. Can right? I give you an even more shocking example? Cyberpunk 2077, CD Projekt Red, a game that we all know. I was about to say no and love. That's not quite true. I was um, going to reach across and slap you. <laughs> and 174 million. Whoa. But basically the same price. And Cyberpunk 2077 is like the level of ambition for that title versus mm -hmm. Callisto Protocol. They're on like different planets. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, just to put it into perspective, like, and I had heard this bandied around before from like a various podcasts that like the problem with, with Callisto Protocol was that like, how in the fuck did it cost that much money to make? Mm -hmm. You, yeah, you would have to do crazy numbers to make that kind of level. Yeah. And there was no way a game like, it, like Callisto Protocol was never going to be anything even remotely close to selling cyberpunk no. numbers, you know what I mean? No fucking way. So it's really just kind of like, yeah, how did they spend that astronomical amount of money? 
sounds like something fishy going on, and the chief financial was, officer is uh, leaving as well. That's true, yeah. Um, dude, something. <laughs> it was at least COO. Was it CFO? Also? I heard CFO and COO. Let me find. Yeah, CFO Johnny Sue. So, <laughs> if they're all yeah. leaving, there was some fucking corruption shit Who knows? going on. Who I'm, knows? I'm guessing. I'm going all in here. I'm saying that there's some money laundering, some dirtiness going on. And they're all fucking jumping ship. The only thing we know for sure is there. It seems insane to spend that much money on that that size of a game with that level of team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and Killisto Protocol was a very, very, very good looking game. Oh yeah, like, no, it wasn't absolutely. a bad looking game. It just clearly was not on the same level as some other AAA stuff, right? Well, no, I just I don't understand the the again the the cost. The the easiest comparison is Cyberpunk to this. Yeah, I know. If they both cost the same, then what the fuck is going on but with striking distance? Isn't Callisto Protocol like a thirty hour game? No, I think it's even less than that. It's very short. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. 18 to 24 Yeah, it's or very short. Yeah. It got a lot of flack for that. Dude, I don't think is, that's a bad thing, I feel like something but it got a lot of flack for that. There. Who knows? Who knows? I see it as simple as just, like, there was gross mismanagement, and now he's just like, well, I clearly can't do it. I mean, because it was just a, it was a failure. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of if the game's good or not, Definitely it was right, clearly yeah. a failure. $160 million this, dollars to produce it? Yeah, this venture didn't work out. So I, I just saw it as like, he's like, well, obviously I have to leave now. I mean, like, I can't do anything else here, yeah. right? Like, no one's going to fund our next game. Like, uh, you know, no, but the fact not. that all of these people are jumping ship is like, uh, I don't know. To me, I'm like... Uh, you could well be right. I don't know. I mean, I see it as just quite simply like, well, it failed. So what's he going to do? So maybe the obviously company's just going under. under. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And what I was actually surprised by is this notice is not that Striking Distance Studios are shutting down. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. And I saw it as just like, he's like, well... Maybe they'll keep them. Maybe they won't. But I can't stay I here. Can't I can't mean, stay here. Like, and it makes sense too because it's like, yeah, he obviously he burned his one shot, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're Glenn Schofield, you had mad cachet, and like you had a chance to make a new IP and do it sort of the Glenn Schofield way, and it just for whatever reason it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think the game sounds good. And I actually I went over to the PlayStation Store today to double check. I'm like, okay, is it reduced yet? You know, is it still not? Because I remember when it came out, I was like 95. Yeah. No. Are you kidding? No. For like something you know, that has that many issues and is this big? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm not interested. It's still a game I'm curious about, and from all the stuff I listened to when it came out, I do think there's a lot of interesting stuff there, and I, For sure. I would love to try it if it's on a big sale. Yeah. Know? Like, and I, I probably will, especially. I'm even encouraged by the fact that it sounds short. You know, what I mean? mm-hmm. like I love mm-hmm. that. You know? Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, so it's sad. I it mean, is. you know, like we all were, but, ho- were hoping for this game. I was rooting for it. But at the same time, it's sad, yeah, but it's not surprising. Considering the flop that it was. Given how much it cost. That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah, so yes. none of this is shocking at all. No. Considering no. the gamble that no. they took. And spending no. that amount not or something. Not like, at all. Not at all. And that's pretty much a losing debt uh, anyways. Because, I mean, again, yeah. how are you going to make... What games make $160 million? It's or two hundred million, let's yeah. say, because you need to be more than what it cost. Um, it's surprising the publisher didn't shut this down halfway, like even a third of the way through, and just mm-hmm. be like, "Okay, clearly the type of game you're making is not on this magnitude." You know, it, like it sort of reminds me of uh, remember when Resident Evil was first going to be made by George A. Romero? No, I, I did. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so Wait, the original the Resident game Evil, or the movie? No, the movie. Oh, uh, okay. the original movie was was being made by George A. Romero. And they went double budget in by before finishing the first half of filming. Apparently, oh, <laughs> they scrapped the entire thing. Yeah, and then came out with the fucking piece of shit that we now know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like they I mean, doubled, so they scrapped the project. Yeah, that already cost double the budget. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how do you do that? That stuff can go either way, right? Because it's you like must, there must be some form of insurance. 
um, from for them, you know? Like, yeah, maybe. To yeah. be able to maybe. do that, like, yeah. it's just, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Like, it, I don't the whole thing it. is a weird... It's one of these things where it's like, I'll bet you we'll get a nice, like, uh, book about it uh, at some point. Yeah, sometimes. Right? After the fact. But it's because it's like, you know, Mad Max, the new Mad Max also famously went, like, insanely over budget. Mm-hmm. And, like, ha- like midway hit through he was doing it, he had to, like, gather all this additional money. And that completely paid off. Yeah. You know? But so it's like, it can go either way, but yeah. it, it did not go that way for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Callista sold about two million by now, I think. Oof. So it's like, it's not, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not enough. No. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, I just want to note that because I'm sad to see it. Uh, I, I think we all had high hopes for Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bummer that it didn't work out, but I still will play it if it goes on sale. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I did hear it was pretty good. It's just really just the, the budget seems to be the issue in this case. You know? Yeah. But, uh, anyways, moving on. Yeah. You want to take a break? Absolutely. Shall we? Yep. Moving on to number three. FTC blames Microsoft for devastating Xbox court document leak. Me too, I blame them. <laughs> Microsoft was responsible for the error. This is September 19th. I'm getting this off IGN. And IGN is getting it directly from the exclusive court documents that were made public with the trial. They have since been removed at Microsoft's behest. Not particularly surprising. Uh, and basically, we're not going to talk too much about the actual court stuff itself. No. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, the wrong executive just sort of put the wrong file in the document kind mm-hmm. of thing. It sounds like... On a side note, it sounds. I, I think I remember seeing in the headlines that the UK is going to pass the the motion now for them to take it up. So maybe it's just concluding now, mm. which would be just nice to stop talking about this. Um, I realized that as I was reading this article, that what is it? This started back in. Oh yeah, because what, what we what I thought was interesting for the show is just the leaked documents specifically dealing with uh, Bethesda's release schedule mm-hmm. uh, for the next like whatever amount of time. And what and one thing that was fascinating that got me to realize just how long this damn thing has been dragging on is because the court document that was released that has all, all of Bethesda's release schedule, it was back in. It was a chart that was put together in July 2020, ahead of Microsoft's March 2021 purchase. Hmm. So that's when this document dates from, which just makes me realize that like, this has really been going on for that so fucking long. long. It's yeah. insane, man. It's insane. And I absolutely do not want to talk about it anymore, but at the same time, this document is kind of interesting. Uh, so yeah, this is just what I'm looking at is a ZeniMax management forecast. You can go check it out if you feel like it. It's been removed from the official documents, but it's still available on the internet pretty much wherever you get your news. Uh, and yeah, there's I mean, there's just there's a big title release dump uh, of all the stuff they're plans planned, including like projected uh, projected sales numbers, uh, revenue forecast by title, and I just thought it could be interesting to just go down this list and just sort of you know let's do it. I mean, uh, so here what we got uh, we're just, we're gonna I'm gonna take the juiciest tidbits. I'm getting the synopsis of IGN. Financial year 2022, Oblivion remaster, Indiana Jones game. Financial year 2023, Doom Year Zero and DLC. Project Kestrel, Project Platinum. Financial year 2024, Elder Scrolls 6, Kestrel mm-hmm. Expansion, licensed IP game, there's a name for you. Uh, Followed 3 Remaster, that's the one I want to talk about. Ghostwire Tokyo sequel, interesting. Dishonored 3, probably doesn't exist anymore, but who knows. Doom Year Zero DLC. So, I mean, that's it. I, I don't know. I mean, what is, does this information do anything for you? Not at all. Uh, that's completely fair. I think that. Um, I heard some other people discussing this on a podcast. They were most interested by Dishonored 3. I do like that company, Arcane, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they just released the abysmally received Redfall. Mm-hmm. And given that this document dated from 2020, it's probably not even likely that this is a thing anymore. Right. But who knows, right? Well, I did hear the Oblivion thing somewhere else. Yeah. And I nope, did totally. hear the Elder Scrolls 6 somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, you're totally so, right. Uh, um, yeah, Elder Scrolls Six, I believe, has been confirmed. Yeah. Uh, that's been confirmed by Todd Howard, I think. I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Oblivion has been sort of like 
the idea has been bandied around for a while. Yeah. I, I assume that's coming out sometime soon. Indiana Jones game is kind of interesting. I feel I like couldn't it care less. maybe already announced, but whatever. Uh, it's, I'm just, you know, more stuff in more genres is, uh, to me is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that interested either, but it, it's a... Indiana Jones just makes me think of, like, remember Super Nintendo did, like, Lion King games and shit like that? And, like... Some of them are good. It just yes, I do remember. That. Aladdin, that kind of shit. That one's allegedly really good. Oh, well, I played it, I know. Um, <laughs> Although it's supposed to be, from what I understand, it's the Genesis version of Aladdin that's the king. Uh, it's, uh, all I'm saying is <laughs> indie game, an Indiana Jones game makes me think of this kind of shit. And I'm just like, I don't care. I 100% agree with you, but also I remember the incredibly well-received Star Wars SNES games that were all side-scrolling action games mm-hmm. and were supposed to be really, really good. Star Wars has a bigger fan base, though. That's true. And yeah. it's got a... The they maybe even have a worse track record with game development. Probably, but <laughs> again, they have a way wider fan base, and yeah, like people right. will jump on board just for the hell of it. Indy does too. Indiana Jones had a huge one, but these mm. motherfuckers aren't going to be playing games. Like the fans are all like eighty-year-old men now. Fuck, like sixty-year-old uh, men. Like uh, as a complete aside, have you seen the new Indiana Jones no. movie? I'd kind of like to watch it. I don't. Didn't I hear good stuff about it? I don't know. Um, I <laughs> can't imagine. Um, after seeing Shia LaBeouf swinging with the fucking monkeys in the Crystal Skull, I was like, I'm never watching another one of these fucking things. Well, <laughs> I think you're allowed. Yeah. <laughs> really, the only thing that uh, is interesting to me is just the Fallout 3 remaster. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Fallout 3 is my favorite Bethesda game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play 4, and I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, who knows if this will come out on PlayStation? There is at least some history there with, you know, some people's stuff. Like, Fallout 3 was at least already on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the Elder Scrolls have been. I believe it's confirmed Elder Scrolls 6 is not going to be, but that's also a new Elder Scrolls game. I think it's, it completely could be possible that Fallout 3 Remaster will come out on PlayStation. If that happens, I will definitely buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is it. Well, that's really all I have to say about this. I just, I would kill to have a Fallout 3 remaster. Yeah, I love I that know, game. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't really have a good way to play that anymore, so I would love a graphical up and, you know, whatever. Like, Funny, though, about Xbox. Um, a buddy of mine I didn't know had an Xbox uh, got Starfield. No shit. Fucking hate. Really? Says it's the most boring piece of shit he's played in a long time. Game is, like, mad divisive. Some people just rave about it. I don't know. I believe both of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, if it's not what you want, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know about, like, a boring piece of shit, but, <laughs> I mean, it, you could find it boring, and you might think it's a piece of shit, it, it, but, I I mean, I've seen enough people yeah. enjoy it as well. I was really surprised when he told me this. I was like, wait, what? That's really interesting, yeah. Two, I was surprised by two things. You have a fucking Xbox, and <laughs> you have Starfield. That's cool. Um, it is cool. But, uh, but, yeah, no, just that it was shit. And uh, he was like, yeah, it's ridiculously boring. If I had a friend who had an Xbox who had Starfield, I think I would be going over to their house now to, 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 to try it. I don't feel like going to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be more specific. In Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah, maybe not out of province. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I think I would really like it. Hmm. Um, some, if I somehow didn't have my From Software history and From Software wasn't ever so slightly skewed more to PlayStation even though they release most of their stuff on multi-platform. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't a thing, and I didn't have a console, it, w- it might be a system seller for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's totally fine. Like, if I was just debating which console to get, well... well what are the PlayStation exclusives? I don't dig on them from Fortnite. Yeah, Demon Souls, which is a great one, but, you know, the, the, the sort of traditional PlayStation exclusives, Spider-Man, you know, which we'll talk about later a little bit, is um, Horizon, um, God of War... 
Uh, Horizon is the one that resonates with me the most, and it's still not for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they just they don't do that much for me. Yeah, know? fair enough. So, I, they, I think they're good games, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're not my not my cup of tea. Fair enough. But uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, Fall Three Remaster. I would love to see that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here's hoping. Moving on to number four. Here comes the Spider-Man segment. Sony State of Play, September 14th, 2023. So, this was another relatively brief Sony, Sony State of Play. Like we said, came out pretty much mere moments, days, I think. Mm-hmm. The next day, maybe, after we recorded last time. I don't have too much to say. How did you feel about the showcase overall? I, I don't know. I, I, I get, I'm not very excited about showcases anymore. Sure. You know, like... Uh, one do, or two games that were like, okay, I guess. Um, do you still feel that the, we the just... state of plays are at least, you know, relatively manageable? I guess. I mean, <laughs> comparatively, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, like, they drag it out. You know, yeah. like, uh, way too much of that walking game. Like, what the fuck was right. that, man? Like, why did we need 10 that minutes of that That walking game is shit? what again? Yeah, baby steps. Yeah, why did we need 10 minutes of that? You I know, actually, like, I mean, I, I thought that was... That's, that's my complaint with state of play. Yeah. Why do they show so much of some things that I'm just like, I don't need to see this. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. You can skip through. And I mean, I guess it's great that they do show more than just a little 10-second snippet. Yeah. But that being said, I just, I don't know. I appreciated Baby Steps itself, but I do agree with you overall about, uh, yeah, this time's a little long. They yeah. drag it out, yeah. you know, and yeah. I'm just like, yeah. It's tough, you know, because it's like, I remember we've covered State of Plays before where I felt like everything was great. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I enjoyed the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say the Helldivers 2. Yeah. That was just like insanely long as well, right? It was very long, yeah. But that, yeah, I'm kind of with you. It makes more sense because it's an important PlayStation game. Yeah, for sure. But I just like... But it's long. You know? And actually, it turned me off of the game. I was yeah. more into the game before this. After seeing this... I know how you feel. I'm significantly less interested in it. Yeah. So, to me, that's not a good showcase. Is it still a game that you would play if I got it? Yeah, I don't it's, think so. I'm still there day one, for sure. I don't... I, oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm I don't totally, know about day one. totally there for day one. Maybe, yeah. like... Uh, it, there's an off chance that I would get into it, but, like, it would need to look a hell of a lot better than it did in that fucking showcase. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that really made it look to me, like... Not not worth playing. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, it's like compared it's, to the old ones or the other yeah. shit that they showed. I was for like, sure, for sure. This has some character. This has a vibe. Like, yeah. this looks like fun. Yeah. And then this one was just like, this looks tedious. Uh, <laughs> this looks like uh, well, it reminded me of Remnant in terms sure. of just like some oldish looking like. There's a know. there's a significant level of jank to the physics. Yeah, it doesn't look yeah. like it's as satisfying to shoot a bug <clears throat> as it should be. You know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I and I, I and I do think those are extremely legitimate concerns. No. Yeah, because I, I think the trailer does feel that way. You're not crazy. And it didn't used to, right? No, no. They were clearly more. They were more cinematic before, right? Mm-hmm. And they were more. It was more doctored. Yeah. You know? yeah. And. And I don't think that's the wrong approach, you know? No, like, no, no. But I, I mean, you need yeah, to see the actual game, but, like, yeah. fuck, that's how much we were being deceived before? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, Makes yeah. me trust companies even less. Well, yeah. I, I don't feel that way about it, but I do I do agree with you that it, it does look worse, and it looks like, you know, now that it's actual, they're just showing the game being played, more or less. Yeah, it looks rough around the edges, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look as good as it did in the sort of more cinematic trailers. That being said, though, it's not out for how long? February. Yeah, this is the first time it got a release date. So we, now we finally know. February 2024. So I'm I'm thinking it'll probably be closer to March, April. I think it's going to be past the February thing. I don't know. 
I, I honestly feel that way. Because and they really haven't discussed the release date at all until now, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it won't be. I don't know. I I feel like there's going to be a delay, and I feel like it's going to be significantly better than this when it comes out. And I just maybe. hope it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm, I'm just, you know, fingers crossed. No, I mean, totally, totally. I mean, listen, like, I, I know my brother's going to listen to this episode. Like, we were just talking yesterday about uh, he's thinking strongly about getting a PlayStation 5. Uh, the prices, the prices and availability are sort of like getting to the point where he's like, yeah, I think maybe it might be a good, uh, might be a good investment for me. And I know a big, a big thing for him was we we have to, we've talked about uh, Hellnivers two a lot, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, Jake, if you want to play Hellnivers two, like I'm gonna be there for sure, day one, you know, yeah, whatever. That's a and different story. Also, you know, Killing Floor 3 just got announced. He's a huge Killing Floor fan. Right. So, you know, that was a big deal for him. That's only PS5. And he's like, mm. We were having a whole discussion about... It's kind of like like we were talking about last time we recorded. It's like, you know, you need that... You were saying like something like you need that one thing where you're just like... Because you really want to play Hunt Showdown, the like remastered version. FPS, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like the up-res version. Yeah, yeah. But it's still a PS4 game. Mm-hmm. So you want that one thing where you're like, okay, this thing only exists here, mm-hmm. and I really want to play this thing. It's worth fucking six, seven hundred dollars, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. So, you know, will Helldivers 2, will he be discouraged by this footage? Will he be encouraged? I don't know. Uh, like, I'm going to be there day one for sure. And I do hope that, they, that it looks better when mm-hmm. it comes out. I don't mind either way. Like, I think probably a little bit because of how I interface with the first game, mm-hmm. maybe. You know, like, because I was so enthusiastic about that, I think I just want to see where they go no matter what. Yeah. Um, kind of the same way I feel about, like, I think I'll try a new division. Yeah. Even yeah, yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah. only going to play for a few hours. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I care. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, you know, they, they there was also, there was a trailer that came out since then that was very recent. I think it was called, like, um... Automaton trailer or something uh, or automation trailer and basically they were showing a new faction that they hadn't showed previously in footage that's like robots in uh, what? Uh, Helldivers 2 Helldivers okay because there's a there was a Fallout 4 DLC the Automaton DLC maybe automation mm-hmm. or the automation faction I well, can't remember automatons were what they called robots before yeah no, back totally, in the day totally totally so. but it's something like that like mm-hmm. autom- autom- automated faction I don't know okay. uh, that came out like I want to say like a couple, couple days ago or something and I, th- I thought that looked pretty good like better than this footage but whatever I mean mm-hmm. it looked like neat robot shit and I get why they were waiting to show that until like they're they're now clearly in the build hype stage right Right. so they're like trying to be like okay here's the new shit here's the new shit here's the new shit mm-hmm. I don't know and I mean I'm still really into it um, but yeah I think it's very reasonable for you to be like maybe we should wait and see on this one yeah and that's thanks to this state of play (laughs) yeah yeah that i feel this way because i didn't feel this way prior to watching this i was significantly more excited yeah no that makes sense i mean and as far as anything else goes it's not my cup of my my it's not my stuff avatar frontiers looks fine it looks like far cry uh, avatar Mm -hmm. and if you want far cry avatar i think you'll be happy yeah um that's that's our friend garrity is it or great grady uh, the the uh, Outlaws and Division Three. Oh right, right. It's right. his studio. Okay, yeah. uh, it's massive entertainment. Um, there's Ghost Runner Two. Still looks great. I'm not that into it, but it looks like it's doing well. Spider Man Two Giant Showcase. I did really appreciate watching that. Spider Man Two looks like a really good game to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still looks gorgeous. It still looks, you know, like the most compelling game in that category of games that I've ever seen. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, I still don't think it's for me. But every time I see it, I'm like, that's neat. Mm-hmm. You know? At the same time, where's my Spider-Man 2099 costume? But listen, it is what it is. <laughs> he was the—he's the least popular Spider-Man, and I don't blame—I don't blame anybody for that. Um, that's the like futuristic uh, thing. 2099. <laughs> it's like the Dread Comics version of Spider-Man comics. Okay. You know. Anyways. Interesting. Uh, yeah, no, it was actually it was actually really cool, and like he fought robots and stuff. Like yeah, it's kind of neat. How the fuck is Spider-Man still alive in 2099? 
Well, he wasn't. Uh, it's like a whole thing where like um, it's this guy. His name is totally different, and he works at some like crazy science company. And oh, they're okay. experimenting with his DNA. Okay. And he gets like there's like, an accident in the lab, and he gets infected, kind of thing, you know. Okay. No, it's neat. Yeah, it's it's different, uh, but anyway, I liked it a lot. But uh, it's one of the few comics I ever actually collected. Okay. Like I had like thirty episodes or forty episodes. Cool. cool. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, totally not for me. Oop. Looks good. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't so, really yeah. have anything more to say about it. Nah. But anyways, uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, check it out. 100%. I guess, do we take a little break and talk about what we've been playing? Sure. I'll take a second here to just, you know, quick noob talk PSA, since we sort of have a break in pacing. There have been some some show audio issues lately. I just wanted to acknowledge those. Like, if people think they're hearing audio issues, they're not crazy. Uh, I've been having some sort of some difficulties in our... The, something to do with the voice memo transition to our editing software. There's, like, a massive spike in audio. I don't know what's causing it. Mm. I can't seem to replicate it at the moment, but we're working that out. Uh, we're aware of it, and it will eventually get resolved. Right. Yeah, so just to, you know, uh, give, give a quick uh, acknowledgement of that. Uh, and since I don't have another place to put it, I'll also say real quick that... My There Is No Light update, which is too small to even be in the rapid fire, <laughs> uh, it's, it was finally, it showed up on the PlayStation Store, and it was announced on the Twitter feed of There Is No Light almost, is it definitely more than one year later after it was supposed to come out, Okay, uh, that it is finally coming out September 27th on PlayStation, which is fantastic, that's tomorrow. I think I will wait for the Switch version. Okay, yeah. Because it's probably, this was about one month, it was the Xbox release, then one month later PlayStation, I'm going to assume probably one month later Switch. Give or take. Uh, And I definitely want it, it's the perfect indie game to add to the Switch library. There you go. So super excited about that. Uh, I'll update when it, I'm definitely getting that as soon as it comes out. And I guess I'll get the small things out of the way first. I have been playing mostly Armored Core, uh, but I did take a little detour to, like I said last time, try that Gumbrella demo. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. It was a great indie game. I was very impressed. I was like, oh, this is a really nice physics system. It's a kind of a somewhat unique traversal mechanic. You traverse with an umbrella. Hmm. So the umbrella, like, lifts you into the air. But also, but it also, like, repels, like, it parries bullets. Okay. Like, it does a bunch of different shit. Um, but that's sort of, like, the mechanic. Mm. And you use a gun, which is a little different for that kind of sort of 2D, you know, thing. And it's it looks like a, just a, a pretty nice, enjoyable, you know, 2D exploration Metroidvania. Okay. Yep. So if you're down with that kind of thing, like you might want to check it out. Yeah. Um, and the only reason why I didn't immediately buy the game is because I was playing Armored Core 6 too much. Hmm. <laughs> that, that's it. Fair enough. But it's kind of like, at the moment, it's relatively high on my list for like, what do I play next kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and Treachery and Beat Down City, I also tried. What can I say about Treachery and Beat Down City? I mean, it's different. Hmm. That's the best thing I can say about it. Um, I kind of like... That's harsh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... It, <sighs> It's a tough one, man. Um, like, it's not for me. And I, I do think that the experimenting he was doing with incorporating, like, Final Fantasy old-school-style turn-based, ta- like, turn-based battle mode with, like, 2D Double Dragon Brawler right. is interesting. Like, that is a really cool idea. I don't think it works super well in execution, but the idea is interesting. And, like, seeing him play around with that format is... It was fascinating from just like a game design perspective, you know what I mean? And the game, I, st- I do think the game looks cool. Um, <laughs> You're th- trying so hard not to shit on it. <laughs> Dude, I just listened to like, <laughs> there were like four or five words that you said there that are like, god damn. <laughs> Red flags. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. I mean, listen, man, I, I, I really don't, it's not, 
It's not. A, it's like it's, it's a bad game, but it's not a useless game. I don't. It, it's difficult to. You know what I mean? I can't just dismiss it as being like it's just shit and like no one should pay attention to it because it does have interesting ideas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. That said, you know, like the developers' politics aside, which I do find a little questionable. Um, the humor is not, it doesn't resonate with me. Right. Like, the, it's very, like, the story is, like, like there's a lot of story, and from what I was reading uh, from reviews before playing the game, a lot of journalists dug the, the comedy, and I, there is a lot of story there, and I think that's cool. It kind of doesn't work on me. It's a lot of, like, um, it's a little bit of gender identity. politics. It, yeah, a little bit. Um, it's Purely very identity politics, no? Yeah, a little bit of identity politics. Um, well, sorry, mostly identity politics. Well, a little bit of gender. Yeah, I guess gender falls into identity. I suppose. Yeah. So just call it, you know, a little bit of identity politics, politics humor. Uh, a lot of like cop stereotypes. You know, fascist cops. It's like, yeah, it's it's very heavy cop stereotypes, heavy sexism stereotypes. They're kind of cute, but it just doesn't resonate with me. Right, fair enough. So, you know, it's a fail on that level, but I still appreciate what... I was like, I got the sense when reading it, I got a few chuckles, and I was like, I think someone who's really into this world would probably dig it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, and the gameplay, yeah, it's like, it's it's experimental and weird, you know? Like, that's that's really what should be said about it. It's experimental and weird. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not good, but it's experimental and weird. Okay, well, that's... uh... (laughs) That's something. Yeah, I mean, so and it's like I'm not. I don't regret. Uh, like I'm glad I found out what it was. Yeah, for sense. sure. Yeah. Um, anyways, so there. That's that. I've also been playing Armored Core Six. Armored Core Six. I mean, again, I'm kind of like at a loss for words of how to describe. Maybe how, you did last time. What a joy it is to play this game. Yeah. Like the game fucking rocks. I'm toy. What do you? Do, I'd like to tell a short anecdote that mm-hmm. is technically a spoiler. Oh no! Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't think so. <sighs> spoiler with a time code. I would avoid spoilers. Period. When it's, it comes to something it's so this person recent, subjective. You when know? it comes, when it's something this recent, yeah. I say in a couple of months, you know, tell the story. Okay, it's been yeah. out for a few months. Whatever. Yeah. It already has, but I mean, you know what I mean. I, yeah. Do it if you want, but I just I don't appreciate that <sighs> shit. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it and is, it's, even if they fucking warned, spoiler ahead. It's like, all right, yeah. cool. Fuck you. I'm just turning you off then. <laughs> you know, like uh, I don't know. It's hard for me because I'm a guy that is. Eminently not. How much of a spoiler is it? Is it like big? Oh no! It's just like if you're like itching to play the game and you want to be surprised by everything. Oh, okay. But it's not like fucking. It's more like it's a spoiler for like a crazy cool mission towards the end okay. that I just did not see coming. I would leave it out. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just say there's a crazy cool mission towards the end that I did not see coming, where I'm. I'll, tr- I'll do it in a spoiler light, a spoiler free way as I can. Where the tables of what you're used to are totally turned on their head, and you're like you're shoved into a scenario that's like completely different than what you've been dealing with up till then, and it's a massive breath of fresh air and is a, and a, has amazing story beats hmm. that were totally killer. Nice. Uh, and the story really it's on a it's on a total upward slope from I have been captivated by this fucking story, man. Hmm. And it's not like it, it is a little un- incomprehensible, but I like the FromSoft way of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, it's like I'm not fully following, but I think the same way we're probably going to talk about this a little bit later, but my friend Joel recently we were, we were having a conversation he was talking about uh, how successful and culturally relevant Elden Ring is and probably will be for a really long time, um which I totally agree with him with, and one of the things he said was you know, he's like, he, he really likes the from software way of telling story. Mm-hmm. And he feels like he actually understands the Elden Ring story now. Hmm. It took him a long time. And I think he went really in depth with like some like lore guys and stuff too, mm-hmm. you know, like on YouTube kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And he feels like he gets it now, and he really, really appreciates the story. And what I love about... I don't understand the story of Elden Ring, mm-hmm. but I love the phenomenon of slowly letting it seek in, like, see, see, seep into me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, now oh, that's their fucking sibling, or they were married, what? You like, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I, I just love that, that method of storytelling. And it's a little similar with Armored Core in the sense of, like, they're constantly referencing things that... They act as if you should know what they are, even though they never explain them. Hmm. And that's the best way. I mean, I love that way of storytelling. For me, it totally works. I, I, I think it's fantastic. And honestly, I do not get the criticisms of, like, this story sucks at all. Hmm. You know, like, the, so many review, game reviewers, like, so many reviews I read being like, yeah, the game's great. But, you know, the way they sort of just, like, they have all the story explanation in, like, static you know, dialogue little things between missions or, like, what enemies say as they attack you during a mission, like, the little chatter on the radio, and I'm like, I love that shit, man. Mm -hmm. I think it's the best way to deliver a story. Like, I just, I don't get the objections at all, and from my perspective, it's awesome. Like, I I, I really like it, and I feel like, I I, I said, I think I remember I said last time, my my buddy Min is, like, really into Mm -hmm. Armored Core. I've been getting tips from him every now and then, but uh, I asked him... I was like, should I replay? Like, I was like, did you did you play the new game plus? Like, is it you know? Because people on, online are like, it's absolutely essential. You got to play it. And uh, he's like, oh, like totally. Like, you absolutely have to play new game plus. And I'm like, okay, interesting. So it's like I'm kind of like looking forward to playing new game plus now because it's going to be one of those things. And it's like playing Elden Ring again, mm-hmm. where the dialogues start to make a little bit more sense, mm-hmm. and then eventually you just get more and more of the picture, and it's just like such a nice way to experience a story. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I really dig it, and uh, yeah, I mean and. I'm also, you know, the game has multiple endings, right? So right, right. I'm cool. working towards a particular ending, and like you need to do the other ways to like figure out other people's storylines a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's exciting, man. I, don't no, know. I feel like that's kind of the same way with Elden Ring. Like, yeah. you probably need to do up to do game seven to fully understand yeah. what the fuck is going on. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah. So I mean, if you're not going to watch videos and you yeah, know, all that stuff, yeah. but. No, really, so far, the only thing that, from my perspective, the only thing I would say is not perfect in the game is I feel the difficulty is a little intense at times. Really? That's funny. And it's like just, you know, it's like head, it's like controller throwing boss battle boss yeah, battles. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just like, they are so fucking hard. And like, <laughs> so far, I mean, may, maybe I'm a pussy. Uh, maybe I need to get good. But so far, every insane boss battle, with the exception of like two, I've had to look up strategies, and I get this feeling of like, I felt like every time I would have, I would have just rammed my head against it endlessly if I hadn't looked up a strategy. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that feels like a lack of choice to me. Mm-hmm. That feels like the opposite of customization. I hear you. So that's the only thing I would ding it on. Okay. And I still don't. It's not really a problem. I got you. You know, like just. So the best advice I would give to people curious to experience the game is like if you get stuck on a boss, just look it up. Yeah, like it's okay. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. don't be afraid of it. Like there are some insanely difficult boss battles that like the final the the, the mission before the mission that I was going to spoil. The boss took me like I tried like twenty times, and I was like, "I'm not good enough, man. Mm. Like I'm just not. It's too. I should show you sometime. Man. It's mm-hmm. fucking cool. It's too fucking hard. Like, and even when I did the strategy, I saw someone beat him with. It's like. When I beat the guy, I had this much fucking health left. And it's like, it was so diff. It was so close. Mm. And when it, when I finally did it, I was just like, oh my god. Th- like, thank god I never have to do that ever again. Mm. Like, except until New Game Plus. Except until New Game Plus. Mm. At least I'll have more equipment and, like, more right, options, right? Right, right, right. 
but yeah, no, at least still New Game Plus, hundred um, percent. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a great game. Yeah, well, it, good. I, I think it is the best mech game ever made. I mean, okay. you know, Mech Warrior is cool shit, but like honestly, like the the level of production on display with Armored Core Six, other mech games they do not don't touch it. They're not in the same weight class. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's 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 good shit. Cool. So yeah, if if anybody out there is like even remotely interested in Armor Core, fucking get on that shit, man. It's it is delightful. Yeah, nice. And the short mission structure, the shortness of the it's not a long game. The shortness of the game, like I'm pretty much done it now, and I've been playing, you know, pretty calmly. You know, it's would you say twenty five hours. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. And it's like it's so just you know playstations can be brief and mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome like it's mm-hmm. it's so refreshing you know like yeah. some missions crazy ass fucking long multiple checkpoints then some missions five minutes done hmm. you know like and you get story always right it's like you're always discovering something you know like cool. anyways yeah it's good shit nice man nice so that's it for me i mean that, 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 that's all i got to say cool teague i've got you down for not much comma really <laughs> tell me what we've been playing yeah um <laughs> i haven't really i really didn't play much for like the past fucking two weeks basically but the other day a buddy hit me up um yo you want to play some red dead i was like meh uh not so much but okay and um yeah so i restarted my character i uh, just deleted my character and always a good idea and uh, i was like okay like, at least um you know it's fresh right for sure like something to do when i play we played for about an hour, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like doing this anymore. Fair, man, um, fair. So now my trolling character is a level 13, I think. She's going to get her shit pushed in next time we fuck with people, but whatever. Then I'll whip out my level 500 uh, Santa Claus-looking <laughs> motherfucker and just spank him, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> nah, it's, um, it's fucking Red Dead, you know? It's like... Yeah. Whatever. It's cool, well... Now, compared to when I played it originally, um, well, I played it during beta, so there was fuck all uh, in it. And um, then they added more and more, but each time they added a role or something, it was like, you know, know, fucking 15 hours of stuff. But like when you play multiple hours a day, yeah, that's like less than a week. That goes pretty quick. And Yeah. uh, yeah, so it never seemed like there was much to do. But starting over from scratch now, it's like, okay, there's actually quite a bit of shit to do. Like, Mm. maybe so much that I could see a new player being completely fucking overwhelmed with it. Mm. Like, there's just so fucking much. It's sort of like GTA. Right. Honestly. Like, GTA, I felt that way with GTA V. First time I played it uh, online, I was like, yo, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, there's so many markers, so much shit to do. I'm like, I... It's overwhelming. Paralyzed by choice. And um, I didn't like that with GTA, and I I never found it with this game, but now I'm like, I'm not paralyzed by choice, don't get me wrong, in this game. I'm Mm -hmm. very aware of what I need to do to get to where I want to go, but I can totally see a new player being overwhelmed with it and just being like, yo, fuck this. Like, this is... Fuck this. Yeah. You know, I got to be honest, man. Like, the whole, you know, the whole way the industry in some cases has got well, in a lot of cases has gone with the someone said it really elegantly on a podcast one time i'm not gonna get the quote right but something like you know just the way that maps these days and like guidelines of like activities to do is just like someone just like vomits icons over mm-hmm. the entire fucking map it's, it's gotta go man like yeah. it's the fucking worst yeah like, like nobody likes it you know red dead isn't too bad with that it's just that there's so many options as to what to do like mm. 
it's not that there's so many icons on the map. Like, there's only a handful. But, well, there's more than a handful. But, yeah. uh, but it's just like, there's just, there's too much going on. You know, like, yeah. there's, there's too many options. It's too yeah. open-ended. You yeah. know, like, there's no real focus. Like, okay, this is what you need to do yeah. Um, yeah. to contend. You know, and it's yeah. like, again, I'm very fucking aware, so I know exactly what I have to do. But yeah. I could totally see, I actually have heard of people that uh, loved the story, turned on online, and were like, yo too fucking much can't do it just too much mm. like um it's it's overwhelming and it's kind of i kind of felt that way about the story too a little bit mm. but you're limited at the beginning of the story to like a smaller like they you really do have a focus you know and it's like all right that's smart at least you're in a small area you got to do this it's like yeah. okay you got to go col- you can go and collect these deaths like these are the icons or you can go and do this it's yeah like, cool but you can't just go and fucking anywhere you want like it's pretty i mean you kind of can but yeah um it's different it, it wasn't so bad and i'm like uh I, I was gonna throw it in the rapid fire later but we might as well just tackle it now because we're sort of on the subject like it reminds me of cyberpunk mm-hmm. and cyberpunk you know phantom liberty dlc just came out right it sounds like it's it's getting good reviews it got a nine on ign the review was fascinating they took an interesting stance with them um, they did a whole thing where they released the review then they did it, but the video review, all it was, was basically a big disclaimer saying, okay, CD Projekt told us that we could only show doctored footage, and we're here to tell you that we're fed up with showing doctored footage, and this is completely unacceptable for the games journalism industry, and we do not want to tolerate any of this nonsense. So this is the video review until we're allowed to actually show footage. <laughs> and, you know, it's, and I, I thought it was a really nice statement. And yeah. I was just like, well, that's great. I mean, thank you for doing that. And then not that soon after, it got a real video review, and now that thing's got, the old thing's gone, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I just thought that was a really nice, like, clear message of, like, Okay, we've been down this road once. We're not doing it again. Yeah, no, fuck <laughs> that, man. But now that the actual video review is in, it looks quite good. Um, and they have a lot of great stuff to say about it. And I do think it sounds like, yeah, maybe it is more along the lines of the first mission about Cyberpunk that I really loved. Hmm. So I'm curious. I might check it out. It's 40 bucks. It's not that expensive. That's quite a bit. It's quite a bit, but it's very polished. It's very AAA, and it looks like it's pretty big, I would say. So hmm. I don't feel like it's uh, it's a... It is on the larger side of an ask, but DLC. at the same time, I don't feel like it's crazy personally. But, you know, whatever. The value judgment is different for everybody, right? Like, I'm for- just trying to think of the most expensive DLC I ever purchased. I feel like 29 bucks. No, sorry, Genesis. It was 50 bucks, but you got two DLCs. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. Also, prices have increased, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, even the indie games I buy nowadays, they're a lot more expensive than they used to be. Right. Know? Like, yeah. the base level price for indies, like, kind of doubled, at least. Yeah. Like, well, it was extremely low to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, five to ten bucks to begin with. <laughs> okay, we're, okay. We're now in the, like, you know, the, the, the 15, 25 range. The pack of smokes <laughs> range, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, um, so all that to say, what, and, you know, at the same time that Phantom Liberty is coming out, uh, the big 2.0 update came out. And that's like the big re- the systems revamp. Okay. The systems revamp that goes along with the new DLC and where they're totally changing everything. And, you know, I took a, l- a long list of the changes. And, like, it's true that, like, these kinds of things, they never turn a bad game into a good game. I'm not saying that Cyberpunk is a bad game. I do think it's definitely well under its potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a bad game either. Um, and 
I was really curious because I just downloaded that and I'm like, a, a little part of me is like, do, when I finish Armored Core 6, do I maybe try Cyberpunk again just for kicks? And honestly, the biggest thing that makes me not want to do it to just to see what the changes are like and then if I like the changes, maybe get the DLC. And the biggest thing is like, I don't want to look at that giant fucking map of icons again. Mm. That's the thing I want the least out of this experience. Like, yes, I would like to experience that incredible first main story mission that totally rocks my socks, but... I can't deal with like the anxiety and like the, just the awful feeling it, it gives me to look at this to mm-hmm. sea of yeah, like no. shit to do. That's not fun. Like this giant fucking to do. It's like I have to do lists in my day to day life. No. No. You know, I have to do lists for my condo. I have to do lists for my work. Like, no. you think I really fucking want to do this in my spare time? Like, get out of here. To man. do this? Pay you to, to do this. You know? Unreal. Like, and it's just like. It just reinforces to me why I hate the style of game development. It's got to go, man. It's yeah. the worst. The fucking worst. Like, this is a rant, but, like... No, I'm with you, though. Honestly, man, like, Elden Ring is, like, feels so amazing in comparison. Yeah, but that's such... Like, you can't compare things to Elden Ring. I mean, you have to. Because you can. You, you, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, well, I know what you mean, because but... it's the best of the best. So, it's like... I mean, it's the complete rejection of that design philosophy. Yeah. You okay. Yeah. Like, and you, you, the best level design ever. And yeah. The best. This, yeah. The, and the best. So it's a fucking anomaly. It's the perfect example of you can have a game as big and open yeah, okay, as yeah. Cyberpunk. Yeah. And you just don't need this shit. No. It's just not fucking necessary. But it is a fucking freak uh, as to how good it is, right? Like it is. I mean, it is. But it has a map, and it has icons. So mm-hmm. it invites direct comparison. Yeah. You know, like, different, somewhat different development style or not, it, it invites direct comparison because they share similar elements. It's you know? true. It is an open-world action RPG. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, they're the same jar, you know? Yeah, like, right. It's crazy, you know? So, anyways, I just thought the irony of the fact that the biggest thing stopping me from checking out Cyberpunk 2077 again is that I don't want to see that again. It's their inherent design. Isn't that weird? <laughs> you know, like, and the game's not bad. Like, no. it's not a terrible game. Like, it's it's got good elements. You know? Yeah, but I, I mean, know. if that really fucks you off that much, then, hey, that Oof. could be the uh, straw. The you mere know? thought, it, like, almost gives me PTSD. Yeah, like, well, that's the straw that broke the camel's Because I did that entire list one time, and I was like, what did I get? Like, this was awful. Like, it was, if I had just focused on, like, a few of those things, and they had put... All the time they put into all the bullshit, like, just put it into three things instead. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'd enjoy myself. I wouldn't have this PTSD from playing the game. Yeah, you know no, saying? I hear you. Anyways, I might check it out, but it's a, it's a, big, it's a big check against it, you know? Yeah, that way. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a um, negative, for sure. And I mean, since we're, you know, sort of like, you know, you mentioned uh, being disappointed with, uh, with Red of Redemption. Like, we were going to tackle this later, too, but we might as well mention now, what do you think of the Conan DLC coming out? Like, there's a yeah, new Conan, I'm... is it was Chapter 2? Uh, Age of War Chapter Two. They did the Age of Sorcery, multiple chapters. Yeah. They've done. They've done so many of these, and um, or quite a few, anyways. And they've basically always changed the game entirely, almost. Um, like they they add a fuck ton. So they're really designed for the long term player, yeah. the the perma player, the one that plays nonstop all the time um, and just needs more to do. You know. Um, mm. So it's cool. Kind of like Destiny's seasonal content. Um, yeah, 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 exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, neat. Uh, I, I signed on for, I think I started playing again for the first Age of Sorcery. Then I think I signed on for the first Age of War. And maybe there was another one in between. I don't know. Either way. I played for a little bit. I was like, okay, cool. It completely changes the game. And, um, yeah, that's neat. But, like... To me, that kind of pisses me off, or 
because I don't play religiously. Yeah. It's like the game that I used to play quite a bit and had inside, like I fucking knew this shit down. I knew it to a science. Like yeah. uh, everything, every step I needed to to take to get to max level to get the best of this and that, the other. That's all changed. Mm. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, like I, I do appreciate some change, you know, which they did with the Isle of Sipta. Um, so that DLC, when that came out, there was a whole new map, whole new world. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Mm. Um, but then this like Age of Sorcery, well, the Age of Sorcery com added sorcery, mm -hmm. completely changed the game again. Very cool. And then the Age of War added the treasure and shit like that. And it's like, again, very cool. But uh, it's not enough to get me back into the game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's... It seems like it's really put in there for the people that play religiously. Mm. And I think it's cool to add content for people like that. But uh, it was funny. the um, That table discussion with the Hunt people, mm -hmm. they were talking about the difficulty of releasing yep. content for the basically forever player. Right. Compared to the sort of regulars and then compared to yeah. the short time people to play an hour a week two hours yeah. a week and it's really hard that? to find the balance right and Absolutely. it's like they're completely right and yeah. um i don't know maybe uh, you know they have the same issue i'm sure that's yeah, something i feel is shocking about elden ring is how it how it did manage to somehow be widely accepted mm -hmm. even though it's still pretty difficult yeah right like, yeah. it's not really a chump change dark souls game you know? yeah but i mean the fact that like 99 percent or well no like 90 percent of the bosses you can bring in you can summon your shit no that's true yeah you're and right. you yeah. can also have another yeah, player that's a really good point but yeah. that's only about no, 90 right. that's only about 90 percent actually an elegant way of handling that <laughs> i didn't think about it in those terms there still are a lot of bosses that you can't right yeah like yeah. so all of the but very is there even any of the main ones the necessary ones no i doubt it right it's got to be all side ones you'd think i think there's some invasions that you know happen. what like i found some of the, my... the the in-story invasions right uh, i'm pretty sure there's a couple of those those you can't go up for uh no oh, i don't know i, I feel like remember. there were some anyways and i know for sure all the uh evergales or evergoals evergoals evergales yeah. you can't summon in there that's true but they're also completely optional completely optional. yeah so no i mean no i think biggie. they handled it Fucking beautifully. Pretty fucking know? elegantly, yeah. yeah. No, I totally... A difficulty scale? In my head, glossed over the fact that, like, yeah, of course, they, they always handle that problem per perfectly because they just add, you know, the ability to co-op mm -hmm. and or... And, and it's it's cool that they even went even further in this one with the whole summons thing. Mm -hmm. So you can really do it any way you want. And at the same time, well, if you want to be a hardcore, just don't summon. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah, and exactly. there's your there's your medal right there. That's it. Because, it, you know, Joel, as an example, beat Millennia by himself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Well, man. a summon, <laughs> uh, but putting a summon for that is a terrible idea. Right. Um, but not a player. No, no, no. Another player yeah, is fine. Yeah. But to, to do it, like, unless you're doing... But he didn't do players either. Okay, yeah. It's literally um, solo. <laughs> let me solo her. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But Black Knight Tish was the one that you go in there because he dodges a lot. Yeah. Um... He's so, in Everjail, Evergoal. Yeah. yeah, well, he's all over the place, but um, to uh, but I mean, s having him as a summon, oh, because yes. she gets health Sorry. every time she hits a summon, right? Right. So if you have the mimic or something, like, not great, yeah. really not great. Yeah. Um, that Unless the mimic has a sort of night and flame, in which case it's sometimes not that bad. <laughs> in very limited circumstances. Yeah, no, it's better. Yeah. Or another Eleonora's pole blade. <laughs> you need the Black Knight Teach, you know, to fucking mm. really just dodge around and whatever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, they did handle it well. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. Yeah. Well, all that to say, 
Yeah. It's uh yeah, those types of things are difficult and FromSoft does do it expertly. They do everything expertly. They really do. I'm a big They fan. really do. I don't know. I, I wish fan. I had somebody who was a true a true a true baby of uh, from software to be able to bounce ideas about the difficulty of Armor Core with. Like like is it mm. just maybe it's just me, you know? Like or maybe I'm not seeing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wish I had some more input. But anyways. Um yeah, I wish I knew people who were playing the game who could like Weigh in on that. Walk sort you of. through whatever. Yeah, like, oh, well, like, this is how I dealt with the problem. But also, I just I don't trust like the the dialogue from reviewers about the difficulty is just it's really all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, some are like it's too hard, some are like it's too easy. I'm just like, where's the? I wouldn't buy the too easy one. Um, hey man, I don't know what the fuck Dustin from Sacred Symbols was smoking to be able to. <laughs> Like he's through. one of these savants, you know. Like uh, I've I got get, buddies I like get the this too. He's not that good. From I mean, yes, he's a software. He's a from so from soft fan, but like I don't think he's like a, a savant. I don't know, man. Maybe uh, he is. I've got this. buddies that are just like, dude. I watch them play, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you? The thing is, they're all like 15 years younger than us, right? Like yeah. they're they're significantly younger, yeah. so they have like. They're, they're just built different. No, I hear they you, I grew hear up you. on screens. Like they, well, I guess so did we a little bit, but not actually, no, not really. Um, well, yeah, I guess I was like 12. I'm a little bit, yeah. I mean, I had 12. a Super Nintendo and stuff, but yeah. it was like, you know, an hour a week or something. Right. You know, like, yeah. I really oh, didn't. I played a lot more than that. I really didn't play much, you know. <laughs> no, my parents did not have good boundaries with me in video games no. when I was young. No, I, I thought that was fun. I think my parents probably wished I was playing more video games instead of like you know breaking shit and burning stuff. But <laughs> whatever. It did keep me out of trouble. <laughs> there is that. It did not keep me out of trouble. <laughs> well, listen, we don't really have that much else to say. Do you want to just freeform like talk? Uh, let's just handle a couple points here, and then we'll wrap yeah, it. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, we've already kind of tackled a couple topics from the rapid fire. There was barely anything else to say, anyways. Well, there's one thing that you need to say. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm lo I'm looking through this list. I mean, you know, Eve Vanguard. Uh, here's a headline off IGN. Eve Vanguard aims to be the Eve FPS that Dust Five and Four wasn't. September twenty second. That came from the Eve Fest. There was a big Eve festival. I mean, I can't even play this because it's PC. Right? Mm -hmm. But, um, well, can't. Sorry. I won't play this because it's PC. Um, but, you know, I mean, that just I thought was cool because Dust 514 was one of the most genius concepts in gaming. Yeah. And right. one of the most innovative concepts. Kind of like the Treachery and Beatdown City guy. It's like, it's a cool idea. Will it work? Who knows? But it's a cool idea, either way. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see them doing another attempt. Uh, it, it looks like a totally normal FPS from mm -hmm. what I saw. You know, like from the brief footage I saw, that's, that's kind of neat. There's a cool Bandai Namco interview on gamesindustry.biz. Uh, every publisher has to focus more on their own expertise, air quotes. That's, that's a quote from... Let's find the name. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That's a quote from Bandai Namco, Europe's CEO, Arno Muller. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, kind of a neat in in uh, interview on gamesindustry.biz. I mostly just wanted to mention that because there is very clear mention of the fact that the Elden, uh, Elden Ring DLC is, while, again, no concrete details, still coming very soon. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sounds like we have that to look forward to, and I'm happy about that. Yep. Um, Cyberpunk we've discussed. Conan we discussed. Genonom, some crazy-ass PC game. Multiplayer horror stuff. I just like, I like the idea of these weird experimental multiplayer. I always feel like every, like... At some point in time, there's going to be one that's awesome, mm -hmm. and I want to know what it is when it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, but just funny. Speaking of Division Three, please. So I sent it to I sent the the thing, the picture of it to yeah. uh, to my buddy that's a Division <laughs> fan. <laughs> I think you should read this on the air. So I sent I sent my buddy the uh, Division Three. The Division Three. It's being it's it's coming. 
And he just wrote, no fucking way, my penis is hard. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Excellent. weirdo. Excellent. <laughs> fucking weirdo. That's amazing. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I thought that was I know exactly where he's coming from. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. The only remaining thing to discuss is System Shock Remake. Which you needed to say. Absolutely need to say. It's like there's nothing there, but this is just a game I care a lot about. Uh, System Shock Remake, headline on gamesradar.com. System Shock Remake is heading into consoles according to new ESRB rating. Uh, this is great news, and it's not being widely reported, probably mostly because it's kind of extremely small potatoes and not very big. Mm-hmm. But, you know, System Shock Remake came out while I was in Portugal, which was in... Gosh, when was that now? Oh, was it really? Was it in June? That yeah, that sounds right. We're only September now, bro. But, yeah, I do remember that was the mo- the news I was the most excited about when I was in Portugal, was I saw that headline go by of, like, System Shock Remake coming out, and I got to read the reviews when I was there, and I was just like, oh, man, sounds so cool. <laughs> so, you know, we've known it's coming to consoles. The console version obviously wasn't ready. The PC version was received extremely well. Um, I think sold pretty well as well. Um, it's also, uh, and sorry, and then there was the recent news that, yeah, there was like, they had stated that there was like another round of QA needed. Mm-hmm. It sounded like the console version was coming fine. And I was extremely content to wait, not really thinking it would be anytime soon, but knowing that, like, yeah, I'll eventually get this. And when it comes out, I'll buy it immediately and whatever, you know. Uh, I was, I mean, I read like all the reviews obsessively when it came right, out. And right, I was right. like, damn, this actually looks like really good. And I was, I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I mean, the fact that it's, it's it's rated on the ESRB. I will read the hilarious ESRB rating because why not? This is a first-person shooter in which players assume the role of a hacker trying to fight his way out of a deserted station in the year 2072. Players use machine guns, shotguns, blasters, and laser swords to kill hostile enemies. Example, mutants, cyborgs, security robots in frenetic combat. Fighting is highlighted by realistic gunfire, explosions, and blood splatter effects. Some weapons cause enemies to explode into blood and viscera. I'm always down for that. Players can also inflict severe damage on corpses, brackets, i.e. post-mortem damage, very specific, resulting in severed body parts that remain on the ground. One puzzle prompts players to locate a severed human head in order to progress. Spoilers. Some locations depict large blood pools and or piles of viscera atop hospital beds slash slabs. The word shit appears in the game. System Shock 2, System Shock Remake, the word shit appears in the game. Wonderful to know. Is that our episode title? The word shit appears in the game? I think so. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I mean, I can't wait. Uh, We don't know when it's coming out. This probably means it'll be within the next quarter for sure. Okay. And maybe as soon as like a month from now. Who knows? But it looks like it's coming soon and I can't wait. Cool. Yeah. And that's that's really all I have to say. Nice. I don't know. I mean, Teague, you got any closing comments? No, not really, man. Not really. Thoughts, ideas? Mm, No? Not particularly, no. I love that uh, some weapons cause enemies to explode into blood and viscera. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's so descriptive. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'm I'm down for some explosions of blood and viscera. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Say so, guys. Uh, The severe damage on corpses post-mortem damage. That's interesting that they also fixate on that. It's very interestingly read. ESRB ratings are hilarious. Mm. IGN, as uh, games Game Scoop podcast, used to have a segment where they would the game was they would play a game where he reads an ESRB rating and everyone has to guess the game. Mm. It's kind of fun. Yeah, okay. uh, mm. they they do like five ESRB ratings like every time, and it's like, can you figure out what this? Because sometimes they're just like, like if you just read this and were like, if you skip the first paragraph about the year twenty seventy two and like machine guns and cyborgs, mm-hmm. you would have it could be so many games. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, can't wait, and uh, I guess that's it for now. Yeah, well, cool. We'll see you next time. Stay frosty.